Hi, Melissa Rodolfi here. I'm the owner of Atlash Pro, the co-owner of Lash Studio in the beautiful foothills of Tucson, Arizona, and the founder of Show Up Like a Boss, and I'm today's guest announcer. You can find me on Instagram at Melissa underscore Atlash. Cue the music. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, this podcast was created so you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty professionals. This is LashCast Podcast, and here's your host, Paul Lubers. Coming to you from the City Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. First, I want to say thank you to Melissa of Atlas Pro, Lash Studio, and Show Up Like a Boss for being our guest announcer. Today, we have a fellow podcaster coming on our program, Tiffany Watson. Tiffany started her podcast, Level Up Lash, back in July. On top of her podcast, she also has a lash brand called Level Up Lash. I'm seeing a theme here. And she also has her own brick-and-mortar lash business. If you haven't checked out her podcast, please do. She's doing an amazing job bringing on new voices to light and covering topics I feel that are very beneficial to lash artists. Today, we want to talk about her big move from moving out of her home and to open her own space during the pandemic, and she shares why she made this move and why she started her podcast. Her story is quite inspiring. Anyhow, let's do a couple announcements, guys. We have the Virtual Lash Conference, as you know, coming up. This is the best investment that you can make in your business. It's on November 15th and 16th, and it's virtual, so you don't have to go anywhere, right? This is the year of not going anywhere. Anyhow, our mission with this conference is to make sure that every lash artist is profitable and professional. Every speaker has been given the task to make sure that you walk away with three action items that you can implement into your business. Our conference isn't about making our speakers feel important. It's about making sure that you get the information that you need to grow your business. Go to our website, thelashconference.com, for more details on topics, speakers, and our schedule. Our conference is also going to be very interactive. We have live Q&As planned, virtual sponsor booths where you can go meet with sponsors, and we're also going to be having a virtual viewing party on Sunday night that's going to be a blast. Tickets go up soon on October 3rd, so don't delay. Ticket prices start at $169. Plus, we have a 50% down you know, payment plan. We only pay 50% today and then our 50% in 45 days. So there's really no reason why you shouldn't sign up. It's super affordable. Next, we push our pricing webinar to Monday, this coming Monday, October 5th and change its name. It's now called price for profit. If you want to make a profit in your, in this highly competitive lash industry, you need to know your costs and understand how to price your services effectively. There's no guessing involved, just some simple formulas. You don't need to base your price on how you feel, what others are charging or off how many certificates you have. Tusney charges $203 and $270 for lash fills, which lasts about 90 or 120 minutes respectively. And she charges the same price for classic or hybrid. Our clients aren't real fans of Russian volume or mega volume, so we don't have to worry about that. If Tusney just went with her feelings or compared her prices to others around her, she'd be charging a lot less. The average price for fill in our area is around $100 to $120, and Tusney is obviously a lot more than that. So go right now, get your tickets. It's basically you go to our Instagram page, link there. It's only $49. Okay, guys, that's all I have for announcements. We are super excited to get into this interview with Tiffany. I think you're going to be really inspired. She's amazing. And please, definitely, when you're done with this, go check out her podcast. She's actually going to have us be a guest on her podcast, which is really cool. So, all right, guys, let's get into the episode. 
are here in the Lashcast studios once again, excited to have a guest who's a fellow podcaster. It's been a while since we've had a fellow podcaster. We have Tiffany Watson of Level Up Lash Podcast joining us today. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hi, Paul. Hi, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> We're really excited to have you on because you are actually, I, people, if you're not listening to Tiffany already, I really think you need to, after you're done with this episode, don't quit yet on us, but go jump over, listen to Tiffany. She actually is really doing something special for our industry. She is not just getting the top, you know, best heard names on the planet. She's actually finding people who have interesting stories, interesting things that help you with your business. In fact, one of her guests I listened to and I immediately called and asked her to be on LashCon because she had this whole thing. It was Claire talking about email marketing and it was like something that I know our industry needs to hear about and so i invited her to be a, a, one of our speakers at lashcon and she thankfully said yes so that all said tiffany's really doing something special and unique in our industry we're really excited to have you on today so that people can get to know you a little bit and hopefully some of our audience will jump over and start listening to you too and that'd be awesome we'd love to share uh, we'd love to always welcome new podcasters into the family so especially people that do their homework and are, are good thinkers and bring out the best in people and yeah i think that's you tiffany yeah definitely thank you so much much for all of the support it's been really genuine and i appreciate it because it is a little scary i didn't know anything mm -hmm. i just decided you know my friends in the industry were like girl you need to start a podcast and i was like okay so <laughs> <laughs> the next day I, I gathered all my stuff together and it was an excuse to buy some cool stuff um yeah like off amazon and <laughs> But um, the purpose behind it is something that is is definitely important to me and in that um I don't joke around with, and that's just just my like passion for just wanting to um you know celebrate diversity and give people a voice uh, who probably feel un unheard sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that I think in, until um dead and gone, I'll be you know <laughs> that'll be like banging that drum, right? Yeah, I'll be one. I, I definitely want to leave that that legacy. You know, so. Well, I think that's great. And I think that's important that we do have more diversity and we have more voices. I think for the longest time, our industry was a kind of a monolithic voice from we got into this industry in 2005. And then literally until about 2015, 2016, I felt like there was this kind of like one group of lash artists and it wasn't like some evil conniving, like we will control the industry. It was just that that's all it was. They were just the voices and that was the collection. And then some new voices came up in, uh, you know, 2015, 2016. And then, you know, but I think now 2020 is a year where we're seeing more voices come out and more diverse opinions and ideas. And we've always said we want more ideas, more thoughts, because if you just stick with one way of thinking, it's going to limit your options and limit your ability to learn and grow and make a difference because you're only thinking one way. I've always said this, that, you know, it usually refers to financial, but um, the pie is big enough. You know, the world is big enough to have all of our ideas. We don't have to sound the same. We don't have to have the same ideals. And it's, it's great to have a forum where we can talk about it, you know, and be diverse. Yeah. And then the more ideas you throw in the pot, then hopefully as long as you, you know, the right people are fighting Absolutely. for it, the best idea will float to the top and we'll all be blessed for it. But if you only have one person going, I have the one idea that we all have to take. I think you're going to be limited and I think lashes are going to suffer. I think our industry is going to suffer. And so having people like you and a lot of these other people, I mean, there's a lot of new people jumping into the forum of podcasting and YouTube and such. And I think it's uh, all for the better. I think we are going to be better off for it. And so far what we've seen from you, it's been absolutely amazing. I want to ask you real quick, because it sounds like you just 
got pushed to Thank do this you. and you acted pretty quickly. Like you didn't wait for eight years to plan your podcast. It sounds like you were just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. What was that kind of time frame that, that took from initial idea to, you know, you actually launching? Yeah, sure. So on July 9th, my Cheryl Pang, my friend Keisha, who her podcast is Black Girls Blade, and it's anyone can listen to it. It's not all <laughs> my, but it's, you know, it's just for, to celebrate Black women in permanent makeup because they, mm -hmm. they, from an educational standpoint, they don't get taught that much about. It's not normal to get mm -hmm. a lot of education around Black skin. So yeah, Black Girls Blade. They told me oh, you should start a podcast, and then on I ordered the stuff, and then on July 13th, I recorded my first episode. So. That's great. Like, That's like executing, like, right? That's yeah. like. So you didn't overthink it. Sounds like you didn't. We're like, I'm gonna need to take six months to study and plan this all out. Yeah, my friend was like, maybe because she she took a, a like a I guess like a podcasting class or mm -hmm. you know like a, like a class a online class that a podcaster holds. Yeah, on. I was just like, yeah, like I really didn't even have time for that because what I wanted to capture was at that time. I had a lot, I was a, a lot of emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to really capture, even in the people who I uh, first interviewed, I wanted to capture them at that time going through what people were going through. Yeah. Like Black Lives Matter is obviously still ongoing, but I definitely think in the in the summer, people, like when protests were going on and things like that, people were, were fired up. Yeah. And as lash artists, we're by ourselves most of the time. Alone you're probably not going to talk your client's ear off about what you're passionate about because, you know, that, that time is reserved for them. For them, right. Yeah. And, then, and that's, that's kind of intrusive to, you know, if they don't want that conversation, I wouldn't push that on people. So it's like, who do you turn to? Who do you talk to? And I know that a lot of people in general were just feeling so much. Then you have the backdrop of coronavirus, no appointments, they're shut down, no money, they're mad, race mm -hmm. with the tension with race relations and depending on where you live it could be really 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 bad you know what I mean or you could be distanced from it and not quite know but things were were, were stressful and they <laughs> yeah hot <laughs> that's a great yeah. word right so I was like you know what I have like I like to talk already um I always I don't know where I get that from I, I like to talk to people I like to get to know people I think that the most valuable thing that we have like on this earth is each other right relationships I, I really like to just listen and, and talk to people so I was like you know what I don't know exactly like I didn't have a map of exactly what I wanted to talk about or or who I wanted to even interview I just knew that people were yearning to hear more from people who were like them that's what I did know so I said okay let me just start because I am an overthinker and I didn't want to do that with this and it just kind of came together. And then when I put the post on Instagram that I was going to do it, I got a lot of support from people all across the spectrum, like from lash artists who I've never spoken with, who, you know, I just found out about to like people who I've trained with. So once I was getting so much, like so many people saying, do it, do it. Like we want to hear more. We want to hear from you. Then I was really excited. I think that's a great example for a lot of people out there who do think they have to wait to have everything perfectly lined up. I think it's sometimes even more authentic for you just to react off your gut and say, you know what? I feel compelled. What's going on in the world right now is pissing me off and I need to do something about it and be proactive versus sitting around just yes. complaining, right? Oh, it's not fair. It's like, no, no, yeah. I'm going to take control of this. I'm going to now add it to the conversation and I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to do something that's in my power. And that's yeah. exactly what you did. And I was just as angry as a lot of the people who I know, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I, 
I was I was hurting, right? Like not so much angry, but just hurting. So yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this pain. And I want, for anyone who will listen, I want to just be able to either connect, educate, inspire. But what I'm not going to do is be on Instagram, like arguing with people. Like I, I don't have time for that, you know? Uh, so I'm like, okay, what I will do is try to do something. Yeah. Proactive. A little bit more. Yes. Yes. You grabbed the biggest megaphone and said, you know, you got to listen to me now. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's what a podcast does. You know, it gives you a voice, gives you an audience. And I think it's way more effective than getting on Instagram and getting in fights because your message gets lost. (laughs) And see, now you're actually accomplishing something. Yeah. I I applaud you for taking that energy and doing something I think that our industry needed to see more of. And, and with their whole goal and your kind of vision for that diversity and different thought leaders and different ideas being shared, who can't get excited about seeing that in our industry and not just seeing the same old, same old as we've seen for the last, you know, 15 years. So uh, we applaud you for that and, uh, and say, thank you. Thank you for, you know, not you know, allowing all the things that could have made you stop doing it. Cause there's a lot that you said, no, nah, I'm just going to go ahead yeah. and just make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. So that was one thing. We were really excited because of that, because we knew that you really had kind of a burning passion behind starting this podcast. It wasn't just like, I know, I just want to be popular. You know, it wasn't something no. selfish, right? <laughs> no, was- I could, yeah. <laughs> I don't care about being popular yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that, that, because of that, you kind of start with a real pure motive. And I think it shows through your podcast. And I know for that, you're going to, your voice is authentic. People are going to really like what they hear. But another big thing you did this summer wasn't just starting a podcast. You decided to get out of the home where you're working and open your first brick and mortar business, which is really the dream, I'm sure, of at least half yeah. our audience. They're probably either working in a salon or they're working at home or they're mobile or they're thinking one or they're just doing it part time and they just the dream is to have their own place. They just want to be able to put that sign up that says open, that has their name on the marquee or whatever. And I know you did that. And you did it in a time when most people were not thinking about doing it. So we wanted to get into the what and why and how and all that. But before we do that, real quick, maybe you can just share a quick overview of you know why lashes, how you got into beauty and all that. Yeah, sure. Sure. So after when I was in college, I had a job at a spa. And I'm one of those people, like, I, I feel like I've had 20 different jobs. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've tried everything, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like too. every semester in college, I was always doing something different. And part of it was just to see what I liked, you know, like I've worked with kids before and like elementary schools and stuff. And I've done different things. But I got a job at a day spa and it was a day spa that only employed estheticians. And at the time, I didn't even know. I just thought beauty school was beauty school. Like you mm-hmm. go there, you learn everything and then you just pick what you like and you specialize in that. I didn't know anything about an esthetician only mm-hmm. license. So when I was working there, because I was the front desk girl, when they would train and learn new facials, they would use me as the model. I never wanted to go home. Mm-hmm, and I just right. remember thinking like, this is such a relaxing place to work. I really liked how I felt. I liked the environment. So when I graduated, which was in 2009, that was when we were going through the last, you know, really hard, e- our country was going through a very hard time economically. And it was really hard for me to get a quote unquote good job. Yeah. Like, um, so, you know, I was just thinking to myself, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, my parents just helped me get through college. I know they're going to be 
probably upset if I say, well, now I want to go to beauty school, you know? <laughs> and they were, yeah. Inspiring. Like my dad was You're like, like dreading yeah. that conversation, I bet. Oh my goodness. There's a lot I of really people would, who have had that. But I, <laughs> exactly. But I also was dreading having to go to an office and when I was younger, I didn't think it would bother me. I can't sit still like the cubicle lifestyle. It's just not me. And it, it, I was like, okay, I definitely don't want to do that. And I remember having a conversation with my dad and he was like, get out of my face. Like, what do you mean beauty school? He just was not, he literally ignored me. So then my mom took me aside and was like, look, I, I will help you go through, you know, oh, do this thing that you want to do. They didn't even know what they thought it was like some shady business or whatever. My yeah, parents are yeah. really conservative. No, no, no. <laughs> they were like, what do you mean you want to go to school so you could wax people's private parts and <laughs> rub them and this and that? I'm like, that's not it. But, you know, so anyway, <laughs> no, long story it. short. No, I totally get it. Short, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up uh, going to Aveda, which I really loved it there, the Aveda Institute in DC. And that's where I learned about lash extensions. And I remember my teacher was like, you know, Tiffany, since you like working with people's eyes so much, because I, I really like waxing eyebrows, um, you should learn eyelash extensions, but you have to go somewhere to get trained because I don't know, you know, I'm not a trainer or whatever, and I don't know how to do it. So um, I took two trainings that weren't that great, but, you know, I don't like to be Judy the judger, like whatever. Maybe the trainers just didn't know what they were doing and mm -hmm. they thought they did, but they just weren't that great. And back to square one, like I had no money. <laughs> You know, I was just, I felt kind of like a loser. I was 22. I had a degree, but just wandering around still, a, just not knowing what I wanted to do. Yeah. And um, it took actually three years for me to just um, make the decision. And my, he's now my husband, but at the time he was my um, boyfriend. And then he became my fiance. That's how long it took. And he's like, listen, for Christmas, I'm going to get you an extreme lashes training. Um, wow. Don't ask me for anything else. Yeah. He's a, he's a keeper. <laughs> yeah, he's a keeper. Oh, yeah, he definitely. Oh, yeah, I'm so obsessed with my husband. I feel like I talk about him so much on my business page. And I was like, I probably should not. I probably should um, keep it to my personal page. But yeah, he's really great. So um, he got that for me. And um, the first day, like you would have thought I was, I got, I woke up at like six in the morning. I got dressed up like to go to this lash training. And I remember getting there all early so I could find parking. Mm -hmm. I didn't so want it to like start without me. And I had like butterflies. I'm like, finally, I'm at a legitimate, you know, <laughs> uh, training. Oh, so that, that was it. I kept moving. I think it was meant to be because I feel like if it wasn't, I would have forgot about it. You know, like I wouldn't have went through all that and kept going back to it even after one bad training, then another bad training. But I kept going back to it because I really believe in this industry. Um, I think it's still a, a very exciting time to be to start in the eyelash industry. It definitely was back then. And um, I like the instant gratification of it that women get when they lay down with no lashes and they wake up, you know, really feeling very beautiful and glam. <laughs> so um, that's kind of like my story in a nutshell of how I got into it. And then I think what really excited me after after training with Extreme um, and feeling confident and having a little bit more of a game plan um, as how I was going to go about starting this lash business. Um, I wanted to become a mom. Like I got married and I, I'm like, okay, this is really cool because now I can have a flexible schedule and I could be my own boss. Like that was like this whole thing that I, I knew that would happen, but I became very excited about it when I was thinking about, you know, just going through the transition of, um, like going from like living with my parents to then like getting married and thinking about having a baby. Like I really felt empowered at that point. 
So it's like you found something that you enjoy to doing like the work, the eyelashes, but it also supports your life goals about, you know, having an invested relationship and, and pouring into your children and, 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 and lashes can support that. Really cool. So, so what's really cool is, so you, you're now in the beauty industry, you're doing lashes despite now, by the way, do your parents, are they excited about what you're doing now? Are they like, Oh, we get it. Yeah. My mom is really proud. Yeah. Like before my dad passed away, I remember he called me, it was like around mother's day time. And he was like, you know, he's like, I really think that little makeup business of yours is going to take off. He's like, so I just wanted to go on the record saying, I believe in you. Like, I know I gave you a lot of crap about it in the beginning. But he said, I really think you're on to something. That made me feel really good. My mom was always excited, but I think part of it is because she got free um, services. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Mamas are always on board. It's it's the dads that, you know, but to to have his blessing in the end, what a gift. And I think the tip here is, yeah, Just make sure your your dad gets included in the services too, and he'll support you, <laughs> right? So if he had lashes or makeup, maybe he would have been more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, let's let's get into the big move because I think there's a lot of people and our listeners who <laughs> right. are looking at what you did and what you're doing. And I saying say. like, oh, I so want to be like that. But we want to know what it's like. Like, give them a little preview, let's say, of what it is to go from working from home to be mobile to, or be part-time and moving into a full-time mm-hmm. position and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go after it. So maybe tell us kind of like what was the impetus that said now, why not, you know, again, during COVID-19, a lot of people have been given this as an excuse not to do anything. Yeah. Like- so why now, not next year maybe? Absolutely. So really, it was a couple of things. Like, I think when the shutdown happened, like all of us, we have all this time to think, right? And like, just we initially, like everyone was very bored after Mm -hmm. like like, the first two weeks. Mm -hmm. And we're just thinking, and I was like, you know, I know what it feels like to be fully booked at the price point that I'm at. And my my prices are pretty high. So if I were to raise them, I'd probably get people like, Tiffany, are you serious? (laughs) You know, like at this point, so... I'm like, that doesn't make sense to do that. Like, I already know what it feels like to be very busy working out of my basement. There needs to be another level. And that's really like when I kept saying the word level to myself. And I even when I changed my or when I created Level Up Lash, it was just about always wanting to move forward and grow. And, you know, I said to myself, there has to be something else. And I also sell product. But I still wanted to do services, you know, because I like what I do. Like, I like being a, a, I'm an esthetician mm-hmm. through and through. Like, I love it. I like being doing the services, Working making the relationships hands. with my clients. I didn't want that part to end, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was part of it. So just my own uh, thoughts. But then really, Black Lives Matter really made me think about my brand. It made me think about my environment and just what I was really doing with my life like how am I as a black woman doing something every single day to help black people take up space in environments where we don't typically take up space so what I mean by take up space is yes there are a lot of lash artists or brow artists or hairstylists or whatever how many of them are owning companies where they sell product and they're making money right? Positive profits year after year and growing. How many of them are salon owners without debt? How many of them are doing something that is truly building wealth for their family? So my purpose has always been to help anyone, 
who wants to create general wealth, uh, generational wealth for their family, or who wants to start a business, you know, starting a business or do I, I always want to help people. But when Black Lives, when the day that George Floyd was murdered, I remember my daughter uh, graduated from kindergarten that day. And I wanted to post a bunch of pictures of her and her little Cap graduation mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And she even won like the citizenship award for the school mm. and all this. And it was really, really cute. But I remember feeling guilty because I was like, George Floyd's daughter is not going to have him at her graduation when she graduated. You know, like there's so many, I didn't want, you know, I felt yeah. weird. But see, and I was like, I need to make sure that every day when I go to work to do lashes, there is something bigger that is getting accomplished. And in the town that I live in, unfortunately, I don't think, I don't want to condemn everyone that lives here, but the town that I live in is not, I don't think is very outspoken in, in support of Black Lives Matter. So if you were to walk around with like a, a shirt or something that says Black, I think you would sense a lot of um, hostility. Uh, hostility or maybe mm. just people just don't agree, right? Yeah. So I was thinking to myself, I'm now in an environment because I work out of my home where I am not my why and my reason and, and for doing what I'm doing is no longer celebrated or accepted. So it felt off, like I felt yeah. out of alignment. And I started looking online and initially I wanted to rent a space within a space closer to Washington, D.C. in a neighborhood that, you know, quite frankly, that just was a little bit more progressive and that, how can I put it, supported a lot of yeah. the things that I support. And that's all I was looking for, right? Like something safe. And then I just saw this beautiful space online. And I was actually really surprised that I just saw it online because usually realtors would have more information about like prime location kind of spaces. But I was like, wow, this is really beautiful. It's in a really eclectic, cool neighborhood that I like to go to with my family. And I, I feel very great when I go there. There's a lot of diversity, oh, just a lot of really kind, um, thriving people who are like a little bit younger, you know, I, I just feel good when I'm there. So I was like, you know what, let me go. And it's funny because you, you asked me about the timeline of the podcast. So on that same day that I was talking to Cheryl and, you know, my friend Keisha and they were saying, mm -hmm. start the podcast. This was the same day I went to go see the space. Wow. And when I met the, you know, I went there and um, I met the landlord and I just remember feeling, uh, well, number one, I was, I was very, I'm just going to be very honest. I was very surprised that my landlord was, was black. Mm -hmm. He was a, a black guy. And I remember thinking, okay, why am I surprised, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, that's the problem. That even me as a Black woman, I am surprised at the fact that a Black man owns an entire building right outside of D.C. Where, by the way, our real estate prices are just as high as California. Like, yeah. They're very, no, in very the northern Virginia there. Area. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, this should not be surprising to me. This should feel normal. Should I be, want yeah. when my kids grow up, if my daughter goes to a job interview and the CEO is interviewing her and it's a black woman that looks like her, I don't want my daughter to be surprised. Yeah. I want her to say, hi, ma'am, how are you? You're the CEO. Like, I want that to be normal. That's what, in my life, that's what I want to work towards. Hmm. So I remember thinking, this is it. And I kind of saw the space. I was still very impressed. It looked just like the pictures. And he's like, what exactly do you do? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I do lashes. And he was like, are you sure? You, like, he kind of was looking at me like, can you afford this? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? And I said, you know what? 
God got it. Like I can, do <laughs> that's like my answer for everything. And I said, yeah, I, I need to, I feel the growth. I need to do something a little bit before I'm ready. The world's in chaos anyway. So if it doesn't work out, what's the worst that can happen? I can get sued. Okay, great. That'll be the first time for that. And I'm sure that'll be a learning experience. And I'm not going to worry about it. And my husband came in and he was, it just felt good. It felt right. And um, my husband was like, you know what? Just, just do it. Well, we, we will figure it out. And, you know, we, we always have an abundance um, mindset and uh, we're very positive people. And I just believed that it would work out. So I, signed, you know, I negotiated the lease with him, signed it and the rest is history. That's so cool. Yeah. I, w- yeah. I was going to ask when you're negotiating your, your lease, can you give us any tips like on, on how you maneuver that? This is like the first it time. It is a for skill. You. Yeah. It is a skill to negotiate. And no, it's your first time. So you may it be like, I'm still skill. learning, <laughs> but yeah. 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 So you never want to, so one of my aunt, like my family had a, like a real estate business at one time where they would like flip houses and stuff like that. So I feel like just through being around people who are very entrepreneurial, I've, I've learned how to kind of move, you know, in, like, in, in a way where I can, I don't want to say like get things that I want, but I just understand like what you should and shouldn't do in certain situations. So first know that everything, everything is negotiable, especially yeah. now. And yeah. one of the things that for lash artists who are in a predicament where they can make some changes in their business now it's ripe with opportunity um like commercial real estate real estate in general like there's a lot of opportunity Mm. because of the unfortunate fact that so many businesses might maybe they didn't make it through the shutdown so now for businesses that are prepared to uh, move into a commercial space or prepare to grow, there's opportunity for you to negotiate mm. because landlords, their goal is to have their buildings filled with yeah. with tenants who can pay them and who are just going to be good tenants. That's it. It's pretty simple. you know. So if they are working at 50% occupancy, well, then you already know that's something that you can, you know, there there's some flexibility there. They yeah. want, you know, uh, first of the month comes around very quickly, so yeah. they want their buildings filled. It's yeah. a runner's market. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, in our building alone, we've seen at least a quarter, if not a third of the business all closed down. So yeah. right now, you know the landlord is ready to talk and make a deal. In fact, I'm even like, when our lease is up in January or December, like we will have a, a more upper hand. And I also think people have to realize, don't feel bad if you lowball it. Don't feel bad. It, you're just trying to get the mm-hmm. best deal. Just by the way, they're trying to get their best deal from you. It's not like they're doing something evil against you. It's this business, as they yeah. like to say. So just consider that it's not a personal relationship and just do what's best for you. And then eventually you'll have to probably Absolutely. compromise, right? And find something that works in the middle for you. Absolutely. And I think like because this industry is filled with mostly women, I feel like, and I know I've, my husband's really helped me grow out of this kind of behavior, but I would always be like, I'm just so grateful to have whatever somebody <laughs> offers me yeah. that because I've been taught gratitude, right. Mm-hmm. And how important it is to just say, just like to just kind of be quiet and say, thank you. The thing is like in business, you kind of have to know, like, yes, you should always be grateful, but you don't just have someone off, like, you know, say a, a, a the cost of something and just say, okay, I'll take it. You don't do that. You know what I mean? So having him around me has really helped. And I, one of the things I negotiated was just like a disaster addendum. Like, so basically Mm. if COVID, you know, if for some reason in the fall, 
we have to shut down again. I don't want to be responsible to pay if I'm being told I can't go to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it's against the law for me to do lashes. Right. So what so does that, that look like? So in your contract, it says something where you are. Absolutely. Not I, you don't I, require to pay rent during that, during that kind of issue. Absolutely. If the state of Virginia goes into a non-essential businesses, can't operate. Like, that's so wise. I think we're going to take that one because yeah, we, we don't have that in our lease. And that's a smart one. And that's something yeah. that you can add. Like, let's just say people are, are like a lot of people are already in contracts, right? Mm-hmm. You can add an addendum. And I don't know. I'm not an attorney, yeah. but and I don't know every single state's law. So I don't want to sit up here and act like I do. But everything is worth asking for. You know what I mean? Like just ask because you don't know what the person will say. And a lot of people are, are a lot of landlords, you know, they're compassionate and they are understanding people. They've probably been landlords to different kinds of businesses. And sometimes it does take a little bit of educating, like, listen, this is what I do. I have to touch people's faces. I have to, you know, if, if there's, for whatever reason, if our state says, any businesses that can't social distance, there, there's no way you could lash and social distance, right? Yeah. Like you have to be right. So I had to break all of that down to him and really show him exactly what I do in order for him to then like understand because everyone doesn't know what we do. That's right. So he could have assumed like, oh, maybe she does hair or, two or whatever, you know, people, they don't know, especially older men. I don't expect them to know everything. about. I have no know, idea. Aesthetic. It's kind of I'm like a man. secret, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think that's great to know. And like Tuss, what's your favorite, one of your favorite things asking? I always tell my kids this, and I say this all the time, asking is free. The price might be just a little bit of pride, but the worst they can say is no, or let's talk and about nothing it. Changes or, nothing changes then. Nothing changes, right? Asking is free, you Absolutely. know, just put it out there. So Now, did you get any tenant improvements included in your deal? Or, or what they call TI in the real estate world? Yeah, actually I didn't. Yeah, okay. I did not. My space, it's really not like I had to do a build out okay. or anything like that. And, ha- and in fact, I think I personally think I know a lot of um, I have a lot of friends who own salons. And I personally think one of the things you could waste so much money on is like tear, you get something, you tear it down just to build it back up again. Yeah. Customers are mainly coming to get like they want a good quality service and then they it's really about how they feel. Mm-hmm. So like I, yeah, I've seen, um, matter of fact, the baseball that I mentioned that I worked for in college, she did like a six figure, you know, like where she got a space and it, it cost her over a hundred thousand dollars to build it out. But it wasn't, I remember when we walked in like on the first day, I was like, paid that much for this. Like, yeah. it's not, you know, like it wasn't, I mean, not in a, not in a condescending way, but to me, that's just yeah. a, to start yeah. a whole. That's very foolish. Yeah. I totally agree with you. My first place the floor was plywood and it was warped. So it like came up in the center and I just, I couldn't just painted it. I just painted it and put a rug over it. I'm just like, there you go. There's my, and nobody noticed. I think we spent like a thousand bucks maybe in your first place. That was all that we had. It was all that we had. And a lot of sweat and tears, a lot of work on herself. Like we went in and did all the work. And I just kept thinking, Oh, I hope nobody notices the floor. I hope nobody, no one cared. Nobody cared. Not one comment about the floor. Yeah. I was going to say, if I remember right, I remember reading about this, about Dry Bar back in like eight, nine years ago when they were opening up all their places all over the country. They were spending a half million dollars on a build out, yeah. a half million. And then I remember walking in one and say, I got to see what a half million dollars looks like. And I walked in and went, I was so disappointed. I was like, this is a half million dollars? It's yeah. not that it wasn't great. Oh, it's, beautiful. it's not that it wasn't, but it's like kind of like, 
a half million dollars of debt. Like you just went into debt for that to build out. How long is it going to take yeah. you to get out of that? That's insane. And you could just, like you said, if you're smart, especially if you're just looking to build like a small room, right? You're just like a little, your first place is this a single operator working place. Man, don't go spend Absolutely. ten, dollars $30,000 to build out, to make the no. perfect location. I remember another episode when we used to watch Tabitha Takes Over where she oh, was – Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was like 10 years ago. But she had an episode was right here in Los Angeles where she, a salon had did a build out. And they spent, I forget how much money they built oh. out, like two, three, four, maybe it was a million dollars. I forget what. It was so much. Their design of their place was, was crazy. insane. It, but they want, she always kept saying, oh, it was in Burbank, I think it was. But she kept saying, I just want the best. I need to have the best. So she went out and paid for it. And their debt payment is what killed their business. They were paying yep. 10, uh, five, 10, 15,000 a month, whatever it was to pay off this debt and they couldn't sustain it. And so they eventually, even after Tabitha took over, they still eventually closed the salon because the that debt was crazy. insane. And you just, it's just really bad thinking to go f- into debt ever and generally speaking. And definitely when you're just starting out to, you know, really do it yourself as much as you can. You can really still make yeah. a very cute place without having to go crazy, you know, money on it. Absolutely. So. And clients, it's interesting because like the clients I've had so far, I've, I've moved in on August 1st. So the new, new clients I've had that have never, you know, like they never they didn't know you before yeah. Yeah. that place. They probably come now maybe like three times, like for, you know, like if their lashes done. Yeah. And they love every time they come, they're like, oh, you added shelving. Oh my God. <laughs> like they love it. Yeah. And, you know, I just do what I can and I don't care. Like, I'm a very practical person. I don't care what people think as far as like what they think I have or my work. You know, I know uh, what I'm doing. I have my goals and things I want to accomplish. And, you know, I just don't care. So, but when they come, they like seeing and being a part of like a, a journey for a new business. And they, they love that. I've actually had people switch, like come to me from other artists. And I'm like, oh, well, why don't you, you know, I always, when people do that, I always ask like, well, is there a reason why you didn't want to go back to your other artist? And they said like, I want to support somebody who's starting. I want to support you, like somebody like you. Hmm. I've had at least five people say that. That's so beautiful. It, it's that very, beautiful. Um, yeah, it's very uh, heartwarming. And I just, you know, I thank them obviously, but they like watch every time they come like, oh, you did this, you painted or hmm. you and your husband set up a show. So just just a little encouragement to continue with that vibe. Once you finished everything, one of the things that we always did was that we we changed the decor seasonally and it doesn't cost a lot of money. Literally, basically, you you get a candy dish and you can get that from the dollar store. Um, We got a lot of stuff from the dollar store. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, in, in every season. And you just get a couple different pieces and you put that stuff out there because what you want is for them every time that they walk in is something slightly different they because love that. they like to look forward to that, whether it's right. just a different colored towel out or a different, you know, a sign out or something. We like just that. did the seasonal. So like once fall came, we went more orange. We would just have little things like leaves, pumpkins laying around different, not real pumpkins, you know, plastic ones, right. but we just changed. And then as Halloween came, we maybe put out a few things, a little scary right. fun. One year I actually had a smoke machine in our lobby, which was really a bad idea, but we just wanted to try but you something. Could get like a, a, a silly little, <laughs> little orange light and put it in the lamp that's out there you know just little stuff like that little but it touches. keeps 
keeps people excited and keeps people coming back. People wrote in our reviews, oh my gosh, I love going there. There's always a different vibe when I come in because we would change it for Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, winter, spring. You know, I think we did, you know, green, obviously, like with uh, St. Patrick's Day, and then we moved into Easter, and then we moved into summer. The big one that always kept, this is a little off topic, not off topic, but the one that always catches you by surprise, so you have to plan a little bit more, is the Christmas one. So it has to be done. You have to have everything ready for after Thanksgiving. And yeah. so you don't ha- do it beforehand because people complain. People, yeah, oh, li- you don't literally, care about Thanksgiving. Yeah. One year I put up the Christmas tree before Thanksgiving and people got mad. So, <laughs> so uh, but, and then um, when you're doing that for November, you have to have all the little goodies. Like people will buy stuff for stocking stuffers for the people yeah. that they the you know. Buy. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we bought a lot of were, were scarves because they were like a low, a low retail yeah, cost. I you did that one year. Yes. Yeah. People love, people love it. Yeah. Put a ribbon on it. Especially where you live, they actually need scarves compared to where, you know, California. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so have all that stuff That's ready awesome. for um, right after Thanksgiving and then you'll be like, people will just be amazed. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that's really cool is having a signature scent. Mm, like yeah. um, people like this, the, your sense of smell is really connected to like your brain mm. and your emotions. And it brings up like memories. It's a really, really powerful thing to get in tune with. Um, when it, you know, like if you're in the spa business, so I'm um, just having, I think right now I have like a lavender, but that's because it was like summer, but then in fall it, and I always try to keep it light where some people aren't like, Oh God, like not at all, exactly. you know, where it's kind of on the mild side, but smell people just, I mean, why do you think people go, you know, to Starbucks or to little places where they'll pay so much money for the simplest thing? It's because of how they feel mm-hmm. when they're there and when they leave. It literally can change the tone of your whole day. Exactly. You know? And that signature scent can even extend to your own personal hand soap. You know, so yes. even even the sanitizer that you use, because people, you know, we always use the same one. And the soap that right. we changed, but everyone would be like, oh, I just love the way that smells. And it's just part of the experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I always think about going to Abercrombie and Fitch and, and bathing myself <laughs> in their smell. So when I walk around, people are like, wow, you smell wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just was at the mall. So that's why I smell so good. But uh, you're right about smells and associating with memories. I remember reading about that once, and that was something that we as a salon had changed one of our goals is that we didn't want to just create great experiences. We wanted to create great memories. But that's yeah. going to take more than just doing just it's, lashes. It's about being intentional about it. But connecting that smell Absolutely. is a nice trigger that helps people remember. I still, to this day, I lived in Chicago for a couple of years back, a long time ago in the 80s. And I still, when I smell certain things, it takes me right back to Chicago. Now, they're, like not, the they're, pizza? Not, they're not good yeah. smells, by the way. It's usually the subway smell. Well, say, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a subway. Oh, that, or urine. Oh, there, that's oh. Chicago. <laughs> it's really a weird association I have with Chicago. Everyone in Chicago right now hates me, probably. No, it's so funny you say that. Because whenever, um, this is so gross, but whenever me and my mom, like, it's like a urine smell or whatever. Even if I'm, like, changing my scent, she's like, oh, God, that smells like the hallway and, like, so-and-so is built. We're we're from New York. And I'm like, damn, mom, people were pissing in the hallway. Welcome to the big city. It's it's uh, not not. It's so yeah. burned in your memory, though. Like you can't even like filter yourself. It just so happens. Bad. There you are in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so good, bad, or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. pretty powerful. Yeah. Good smells can get you there too. So that's all good. By the way, what do you use for your smells? Do you use candles? Do you use a scent like a uh, diffuser. Those, a diffuser. 
Yes, I, I don't use candles because I just, I'm so paranoid. Um, but I use a reed diffuser and I had got a few from Pure One before they closed and it was called, um, or it's like Orchid something. Okay. Mm-hmm. I forget the name yeah. of it, but I had a few. And then when those ran out, I got uh, spray things that I kind of just missed around and it, it was a lavender, kind of yeah. like, a, like a linen kind of spray. But uh, the, the sprays are nice because people can immediately smell it. Like mm-hmm. when they lay down, whereas like the rediffuser, you have to have it up there for a while. For a while for it to get like in the air. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, when when you made this big change, how did your clients take it? Did you lose anyone? Were you afraid that the clients would leave? I mean, obviously any change in life brings fears and complications. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually lost a lot of people. Um, And I think for various reasons, I think some people, a lot of my clients are mothers and they, I think with COVID, they just didn't, they didn't know, they don't know how many people I'm being exposed Mm. to and my family's being exposed to. So they just didn't want to do lashes anymore. So that was one reason. And people actually, some people actually told me that. And Mm. I was fine with that. I think because I'm so vocal about Black Lives Matter, I think that made some clients uncomfortable. I think I I lost not a lot, but a a few pretty loyal clients Mm. um, through me maybe sounding too outspoken about that. And I'm okay with that too, because I'm sorry, you know, that's fine. I would say that that would probably be one of the more painful things. Like, did they say something like, I don't like how you're talking about this? Or did they say, did they give you any clue? I think it was just obvious to me because so, and this is, I don't recommend becoming like, like, let's say you have a personal Facebook page or a personal Instagram. You probably don't want to become friends with all of your clients on there. And if it's public and they find you and they follow you and they want to form, you know, I think it was just obvious because they didn't support it. And as Mm. soon as I voiced that I do support it, it was like no more appointment. Yeah. But I think that what's really interesting is like, I still... I still think they're cool. Like, you know, apart from that, I'm like, we don't have any problem. But yeah. This is where it bugs me because it's like your service didn't change. It didn't change. The what you're capable of doing and how you're capable of making them feel didn't change. I mean, they weren't Black Lives Matter lashes, right? Where you put BLM on the lashes. On each, like a, each little lash <laughs> like, of a fist, you know? Like, what? What's going on here? Why why my lashes have this? Like, no, it's and the it's same like, thing. And, and I'm sure that when they sat down, you weren't like, well, let me tell you about, you know, my feelings about this. So that's the part. And I, I know that you have to to give people grace and be like, okay, that's, that's your issue. But well, you took the high road. You did. It sounds like, because there's no difference in in what you did for them. So I can, I can see why that could be a little. There's actually one client in particular. And if she listens to this, she knows who she is. And she was very, her and I were very, um, we're both very um, devoted mothers Mm. and I, her children have even at times like come, you know, to her appointments with her sometimes if she couldn't find a sitter or whatever, really, really cared about her children. They were very sweet you know, and likewise, like same thing, you know, her with mine and stuff like that. And so she's, you know, we, it's like the whole like unfollow, delete, whatever. And that's, that's fine. I guess for me, it's just like, I even had a sign that I like, I put it in a little picture frame, like in this space, we support Black Lives Matter. It's important to me. And I can't separate that. Like, I'm not just like a lash artist in a hollow body. Like I have things that have 
really affect me too. And for years, you know, I'm 33 years old. So for 33 years, I've always felt like I can't talk about race in the workplace mm-hmm. or in any, anywhere. Like yeah. I remember my parents explicitly telling me when I was growing up, like around the time where I was getting my first job, they're like, you know, when you go into the workplace, there's, there's things you don't talk about. You don't talk about race, religion, or, or politics. I'm like, okay, yes, dad, yes. You know, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. But I think now we're just at a point um, as a country where like, that's not help. Like, you know, it's just hard to just sit there and suppress. Yeah. Yeah. And to act like this huge 400 year old elephant isn't in the room. Like that's, you know, so, and I also feel like by me voicing my support, I'm letting other people know, be it other black people or allies of the movement that you are welcome here. And it's okay. If you're coming here to get your lashes done, it is also okay. If you want to vent or maybe just tell me about your day. And if, if, anything in your day had to do with Black Lives Matter or you speaking up about it and, and if it was rejected or if you felt suppressed, this is a safe space where you could do that. Mm. So for the clients out there that I did lose, I don't have any hatred in my heart or or malice or I don't I don't go to sleep at night pissed off. You know, I know I had a genuine relationship with them and I still care about them if, if you know it's not like I wouldn't care if something happened to them. You know, like yeah. I, yeah. I still can look beyond whatever they think the movement about, but what, what it's, and I, and also to the lash artists there who I might've lost as like friends or something like that. Like, just know that it's about just having humanity and just an equality. It's not about violence. It's not about being anti of, of people who aren't black. It's not about any of those things. I think it, a lot of things now, especially have just went into different directions, yeah. but for me and for most people, I think it's just about fairness and justice and wanting to be seen and heard and wanting to feel like we matter in whatever society we're, we're living in, whether it's here or abroad. So, yeah. So in my space, I really do try to create that. And that was, you know, going back to your initial question, the main reason for the move and why I was so happy the space that was available was in Old Town, Alexandria, is because that location is everywhere you walk. Like I went to the post office the other week to mail off like some some orders that I had and everywhere, every church, there there's like these really beautiful, colorful row houses. Mm. And it's like it's almost like rainbow lane. Like when you're like one house is yellow, one house is pink. It's so pretty. Beautiful. Everywhere had a sign like Black Lives Matter. You met pride. Mm. Um, feminine rights are human rights. Like things that I believe in. Really, it's like, what are you saying that's bad? Like, you know, mm. just we just equality. That's all they support equality. It's not, you know, a, to me a negative thing but i understand that not everyone is at the point where that's how they perceive it yeah so yeah everybody I'm, I'm good with that you know on a on a different journey well hopefully through their interaction with you right. and you taking kind of high road maybe they maybe they while it maybe doesn't seem like anything rubbed off initially but maybe something good has come out of that where they'll look back and see how you treated them and how you responded and you were still kind and loving and that they went back and said why why was i so angry why was i so hurt and hopefully that will have an impact in their life and in, in the positive way that i think that you're trying to do with this whole thing with both your podcast and you opening up and getting your business going it's not just you hiding anymore it's actually coming out and saying look i'm going to do this because i want to make a difference i want to help people and enlighten people some so i think that's a noble call it's not you being angry with a fist in the air it's you're saying this is a safe space it's for other people and other opinions and i think unfortunately the news is really really only highlights the worst of everything both left and right like the far right far left and i think most of america is in the middle and they're like, what the Thank heck's you. gone on? I like, 
police violence, guys. I don't know anyone who's for that. But yet you would think in the news that there's people out there going, let's let's support police who beat up and kill people and kill black people and all that. Like that's the narrative you see on the news or the far left. Like all they want is every cop dead. Yeah, like that's all they want. Cops dead. Like I don't think that's majority of America. I think majority of America is somewhere in the middle, and we're allowing the news to manipulate us and to enrage us and divide us. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very manipulative. That's like a whole nother conversation. But yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's just encouraging to hear yeah. the stuff you're saying, and I think people hopefully will see that. I think we have a lot more in common than we do have not in common as far as our goals and dreams for all of us, whether white, black, yellow, brown doesn't matter. I think we all want to see people treated rightly and, and with dignity and honor, and that we shouldn't see this disparity that we see currently in our culture. And God willing, right. because of things like this, that will begin to change. That there will be a move in the right direction where more people are inclusive and, and loving and accepting one another versus excluding and finding reasons why to push someone out of the spotlight, why they shouldn't have a voice. And, uh, you know, and for all that you're doing, I think, you know, hopefully the, the more people will fall suit with you and, and do more of what you're doing. I think it's great. So anyhow, that all sounds just looking at the time. We were almost getting, we're going a little long. I could keep going. I have about eight more, 10 more questions to ask you, but let me just do, maybe we'll wrap this all up and just do a couple more. Um, and we'll then have we'll to have go, you back We'll have on. to have you on eventually and all back and all that. I think the big one is, you know, first off, you've already kind of shared this, but let's just say 30, 40 years from now, you're my age. <laughs> and, um, and you're just like, <laughs> what kind of legacy do you hope to leave? What do you hope that people will say about you when your run in this world is a is all done, not, not all done, but you've towards, got a body right, of work right. behind you. <laughs> when you're dead, yeah. it's like so morbid all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I've been just like, been like thirty years now. What, what are you like? Wow, look at what Tiffany did. What do you want them to say? Yeah, I hope that I could leave the same legacy that my father left, and I hope that every person that meets me loves themselves a little bit more because they knew me. So I know like every relationship that I have, whether it's inside the lash industry, outside, um, even with my husband, it's like I want to make people feel good about themselves and maybe to see things in themselves that they don't recognize because a lot of us are so busy idealizing other people Mm. that we forget the gifts that we have. So I know um, my husband's been able to do that for me. Like he's always constantly reminding me of the strengths that I have and what's great about me. And I know a lot of my friends in the industry, like even, okay, like for instance, Cheryl, like telling, like encouraging me to start a podcast, you know, Ashley, she's an artisan lash in Atlanta. She's just like, girl, you have a beautiful voice. Like you would be great at a podcast. I was thinking, I never thought I had a beautiful voice. I thought I sound shaky and unsure of myself and never sounded like my age, you know, like I've even like some, I remember one time someone said, your voice doesn't match your face. I don't know how to take that one time. But oh, I, I always do like, thank you're, you. You're, <laughs> I guess. You know, I don't know what that means, but it's like, I've always kind of on social media, especially would steer clear, stay clear of video. Mm. Cause you know, it's just kind of, you know, sometimes a little cringy, like when you watch yourself back in the oh, video, but I don't. um, I guess beginning back to your, your question, the, the legacy I hope to leave is I just want everyone to just love themselves a little bit more because I think when you have that, you're able to give that to other people, mm-hmm. you know, and everything I put out there, I would want it to to go back to that theme. Cool. 
Awesome. That's a great legacy. A noble um, legacy. And I think you're on your journey already to do that. So <laughs> you're doing great. Then the last thing to ask Thank is you. what do you have any projects coming up or anything that you want to share? I, I know you mentioned you had a product line. Maybe you can share a little bit about just a couple sec, you know, give us a quick view of that. And then maybe where can people find you so that after this is done, they can look you up. We'll have things in the yeah. show notes, but where can they find you? So my plan was to like relaunch my product line in its entirety before the summer is over. And I probably won't get to join that until the fall. So I definitely say looking out for the launch of my product line. I, I really like vis- from a visual standpoint, I really want to showcase um, obviously a lot of diversity, but then also just I want to have an, and I don't know if I'll be able to do this right away, but just a philanthropy side of my business where Mm -hmm. I can give back. I feel like there's a lot of money to be made in the lash industry. Like as we can all see, there's been a lot of very successful people that have sold a lot and done all that, but I want to be able to give back. So I want to team up with some organizations out there that work with maybe women. So if anyone has any suggestions, please DM me. Um, Mm. But that's like the biggest thing I have is just the relaunch of my products. And just this time around, I think I'm working with a lot more purpose and you can find me at Level Up Lash Pro on Instagram and pretty much Level Up Lash everywhere else on the internet. Awesome. Well, definitely, all you guys just finishing or still with us in this episode, please go listen to our episodes. I think you have like right now, when we launch this, we'll probably have more, but I think you have like 10, 11 episodes already out, correct? Yeah, I have nine that are published and then the 10th one is going to come out tomorrow. Okay, awesome. And and by the way, we're going to be on one too soon. So that will be, if you, oh, yeah. like you need yeah. to hear more of us, but that said, uh, we'll be on another <laughs> episode of hers and we'll both be on each other. So how cool is that? But thank you so much, Tiffany. It's been a blessing to get to know you these last couple of weeks and talk to you and i've been enjoying your podcast and now that we know that the more the why i think all the more honorable you are and we're excited to support you and uh, cheer you along your journey here you're absolutely delightful thank you so so much you guys are the real deal and i'm gonna be honest i think everyone in this industry sometimes doesn't know like what are these people really like you know like because instagram is one thing and then reality is another you're the real deal. I appreciate all the support, not just of me, but of everyone that you support in the industry. And I hope to meet you soon in person. Absolutely. We'll have to get you at LashCon for 2021, hopefully. Yeah, Come hang out with us and Yay. we'll get to party and learn business. <laughs> and have a good time. We're just going to have, and a have good fun. Time. Yes, yeah, yeah, we're going to have so, fun. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thanks, Tiffany. Thank you. That wraps up this show. Thank you for tuning in. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. And guys, to get the word out, we always rely on you. So please go out there and share with your friends and share some reviews, guys. That's how we you can pay us back, really. That's where we get all the love. Anyhow, on behalf of my Lash Pal Tusney and our special guest Tiffany, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 